This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome back to Sticks and Stacks. I'm your host, Sean Drotar. You can follow me on Twitter at S-D-R-O-T-A-R. Today, we're going back to the ice with the semifinals of the NHL upon us. And that means our hockey expert, Nate Lundy, will join us. You can follow him, of course, at Nate Lundy on Twitter. How's it going, Nate? I am enjoying things, Sean. I I will be honest. I uh, missed the mark with my uh, bets in the last 24 hours as you and I record. I really expected the Islanders to uh, protect home ice. Um, and they allowed that first goal to Tampa uh, last night, and I thought, uh-oh, uh, and sure enough, Tampa takes a 2-1 lead, and I know we're going to talk about that series a little bit later, but uh, yes, my uh, my wallet is a little thinner after last night, Mr. Drochar. <laughs> well, if we knew what happened in advance, it wouldn't be fun. So there that's is, right. that's wouldn't the be gambling if we knew the exact exactly. outcomes. So, I mean, that's the nature, and it's quite frankly the nature of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, this is the one of the, the few sports in which an 8 seed can actually win the championship we've seen it happen and uh, that means there is a, a bit of randomness here so that does make this interesting so as we hop in why don't we start right here with the the game for friday vegas and montreal uh, montreal surprised i think in game two i know that we talked about vegas uh, we really liked them in that game both of us did well we were mistaken the canadian go ahead and take that three to two and now bring a little bit of momentum back with them as now they're the home team yeah, exactly. And Sean, I think there's something to be said for, you know, if you'll pardon the pun, because obviously they're in a in a, a series with Vegas, but there's something to be said for the fact that uh, the Habs are playing with house money right now. Um, they're not supposed to be here. Um, let's remember that they were down 3-1 to Toronto, and everybody was just ready for them to get knocked out in five games, maybe a sixth. And they rattled off three in a row to be able to knock the Leafs out of uh, the first round and then turned around and swept Winnipeg. Um, So, you know, this Montreal team is surprising a lot of people. Carey Price uh, performing extremely well uh, for them when it comes to, you know, trying to protect things between the pipes and, you know, playing at a much higher level. So I think that that's what makes this Montreal team really interesting to me. I still believe that this is um, Vegas' series to win. Um, but I think that when you've got and, – and, and, Sean, you and I have seen this for, for decades in our careers of covering sports. Sometimes that team that has that sort of, eh, we got nothing to lose, um, they can take on – uh, a completely different energy, um, a, a completely different amount of success because they can sit back and say, you know what, not not that they want to lose, obviously, but, you know, somewhere mentally, Sean, they're able to say, well, if we lose this series, uh, we still went further than anybody thought we would. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. When you're playing with house money, you can be a little looser. You can be a little more relaxed because no one's expecting you to do anything. And, and on the flip side, a team that is playing one of those teams has a lot of extra pressure because you are expected to win. It would be a shock if you lost, and and that adds a little bit of pressure too. One of the things that we've seen in this matchup that I think is interesting is the fact that Montreal, if they do not score first, they're 0-3. But when they do get the lead, they actually play a really suffocating style of defense. We know how good uh, a guy like Shea Weber is that, that can spend a, a lot of time making guys miserable. Uh, Mark Stone said after the, the first game, Chasing a game is an easy task against anybody, but these guys play a good team game when they get the lead. And to make things worse, Chandler Stevenson was out of that game. Surprise scratch, upper body injury. He's supposed to be day-to-day. It's not even clear as we record this if he even traveled to Montreal. 
he's the guy that centers the line with Max Pacioretty and Stone. Yeah, absolutely, and and not having him available is a massive uh, blow to to them if if he can't play because, you know, it's not that Vegas doesn't have the talent, it's not that they don't have the depth, but Sean, as you well know, um, with the way that 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 hockey works and the way it's constructed, when you tweak lines. Um, it's not that you can't have success, but sometimes those line mates take a little bit of time to gel. Um, you know, if, if they bring somebody up from a different line, if they have to shuffle some things around, there's a domino effect that happens there. And, and you know, even something as simple as a change uh, within that top line can suddenly affect, let's say, the third line that maybe you've been relying on for some solid minutes because you have had to shuffle things around. So you're exactly right. Um, what is going on with uh, Stevenson? Um, and actually, Sean, as I'm, uh, we look at the fact that he didn't play on Wednesday, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with tonight. Um, this is a this is a big deal. I know that Knights fans will be paying very close attention to Stevenson. Um, let's talk about this game tonight. We talk about uh, Stevenson. Um, this is one where um, would not be surprised at all for Montreal to to ride the momentum that they come out of Game Two uh, and wind up with uh, a victory uh, here. And they are obviously the underdog um, as they will be for for most of this series. They're a plus one forty on the money line. But here's the spot that actually kind of surprises me, Sean, from a betting standpoint for tonight's game, and that is the over under in total goals opened at five and a half. And the reason that's a little bit surprising to me is because in this series um, we have seen, and even in Vegas series. In general, other I mean, outside of the one with Colorado, we have seen the over/under in total goals get rid of that hook. We've seen it at five quite a bit. So right. the fact that this opened at five and a half, and it's been juiced up, it's at a minus one forty-one. So a lot of people are on the under, which actually has me surprised, even as of tape time, that this has not moved. Um, I would have expected this to perhaps already be at five by now, and I'm really surprised that it even opened at five and a half. Um, between how Carey Price has been playing, and obviously Mark Andre Fleury, who is a Vesna Trophy finalist for Best Goaltender of the Year. Um, this is a, a series where I think we will see low scoring. So from a betting standpoint, I'm not too high on either money line, although I do kind of like the idea of the Habs carrying the momentum uh, forward with them, but they will not have that same kind of you know raucous crowd that Vegas has. But I really like the under in this one and was very surprised to see it open um, at that five and a half. And in fact, a little tidbit I can throw at you, in the last five road games here in the playoffs that Vegas has played, uh, the under has hit in four out of those five. So even as much offensive firepower as Vegas can wield, they're still hitting the under when they're playing on the road. So that's, uh, in terms of a sports betting angle for tonight, that's really uh, the biggest number that stands out for me in this game three is trying to grab that under. Even though it's juiced up, I think it's worth the juice. Well, and you've seen both of these games go to five goals. I mean, that's right where it's landed. Both of these games have had five goals in it. And I guess what I look at it, I mentioned uh, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, if you're a DFS player, this would be one of the, the nights where maybe... Maybe you save save a little money on those guys and, and you pick a line further down that hasn't been disrupted or might not be disrupted. Uh, sometimes uh, you don't like having to, to spend all that DFS money on guys that when their situation has changed. Obviously, Stone's their points leader. Patrick Reddy is their goal leader. But it, it gives me pause. And I think when you look at the uh, just the straight-up favorite here, this is one, Nate, where I'm not really sure that the Canadians will win, but they're up in the Bell Center. They're at home. They have stolen home ice advantage. They seem to be a little bit in the Knights' head. The pressure on the Knights is going to be immense tonight. So for Montreal to be a plus, that's something I think I'd jump on. I like the chances. 
Yeah, I, I do too, and I think that's part of why it kind of stood out to me to see them in that position, especially at a plus 140. I mean, that's a pretty decent number. So, you know, maybe, you know, from a betting standpoint, maybe it's not, you know, a unit, two units worth of a bet, but it's probably worth a half a unit because I think those odds are, are rolling in your favor. And and you talked about, you know, perhaps we, we switch over either to player props here or, or to the uh, the DFS side of things, and you talked about that change that could wind up happening if, if Stevenson doesn't go, who has six assists here um, in the post postseason um you know there are some names out there i think alex tuck you know alex tuck was um those of you that have ever been camping you know how annoying it is when a fly or a mosquito gets in your tent um, yes. and you can't quite find it that is what alex tuck was to the colorado avalanche in the second <laughs> round um it wasn't necessarily about what he was doing in terms of uh, points or or what have you but he was just annoying enough um, to cause the avalanche some problems and he's got four goals and four assists here in the postseason over the course of the 15 games uh, that the Knights have played he is a guy that if Stevenson doesn't go here's a guy that from the wing position could step up and potentially get you some points from a DFS standpoint and then obviously Sean you and I've talked about this before you try to find those active defensemen and I know Petrangelo is an obvious one when we talk about the defense for uh, the Golden Knights but I think you also have to look at a guy who's having a really good postseason and that's Nick Holden. Um, five assists, two goals um, that he has had um, along with a guy like Shea Theodore. So you can dip down into uh, those active defensemen when you're trying to build uh, your DFS lineup. And then for me, uh, on the side of things with the Canadians, I will tell you this. I know you got to pay for him because he is their leading point uh, scorer so far in the postseason. 12 points in 13 games. But Tyler Toffoli is on a roll, my friend. Um, and he may be somebody that is worth it for you to pay the few extra dollars from a DFS standpoint to have him in uh, your lineup because he, I mean, he's the only player for Montreal that has double-digit points. They're very spread out. They're very even um, in terms of their balance on that squad. Corey Perry's got eight points. Nick Suzuki's got uh, eight points. Eric Stahl sits at seven. But there's Toffoli uh, up there at the top uh, of the list. And so, yes, I know you may have to pay a little bit for him, but he's getting the job done. I'll give you my last sleeper for this game, Nate, and that would be, well, the man that filled in for Stevenson. That's Keegan Colasar now, yes. only 12 points on the regular season. But if he ends up on that line again, remember who he's passing to. He would get Stone and Patchy ready. And, of course, he, he's not going to be a guy that goes for a lot. He's not going to be a guy that, that's going to be in that mix. And, and I'll give you this quote. This is what was talked about on Thursday morning. Stone said, uh, talking about, Bringing Kolasar in, quote, he expects Kolasar to, and I quote, do a good job going forward in the series. Yep. Does that mean that maybe they know something we don't? Yep. And if that's the case, if I'm in the DFS world, even if I'm in a, a point, you know, one of those point player prop bets, especially when you're looking at the assists or just any any kind of point, all of a sudden, Kolasar is going to be someone a lot of people aren't paying attention to. The, the numbers should be in your favor. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a dart. But you have to like the guys if he ends up on that line again, who he's passing to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you look at those with the lines, uh, Sean, you hit it right on. Um, you know, there's a reason that uh, we talk about stacking certain uh, teams or certain players. Well, for me, when it comes to hockey, I like stacking those lines because if they get on a roll, uh, you're not uh, frequently you're not just getting one point. You're getting two and maybe even three, depending upon how the goal is scored. Well, we have one surprise early in the first semifinal series. The other semifinal series has been a little bit surprising, too. We'll get back to that on Sticks and Stacks. 
Welcome back to Sticks and Stats. Nate Lundy is our hockey expert. I'm Sean Drotar. And Nate, we take a look at now the Islanders and Lightning. They will be playing that game on Saturday. The current standings, of course, Tampa Bay leads 2-1. to one. Lightning are at home. These games have been, for the most part, two of the three have been very low scoring. Two of these games have been two to one. Each team has won a two to one game. The Lightning at home in game two won four to two. But these two teams are pretty evenly matched, even though Tampa Bay is really considered by a lot of people to be a vastly better team. I'm not really sure they are. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think these two teams match up really well. And, um, you know, on the on the Fade the Noise podcast that I do with uh, with Brad Evans as part of the Sawdust Network, um, you know, earlier this week I, I said, and I, and I actually picked the Islanders to win uh, in the game last night, and obviously they didn't uh, lose them 2-1. to one, But, um, you know, I said I thought regardless that this series was going to go back to Tampa tied 2-2. Um, I actually placed a bet on this series to go the full seven um, and did so at a plus 175. But now that Tampa has won, uh, if you believe this is going to go seven, which, again, I still do, even though the Islanders lost that first game at home uh, here in game three, uh, it's now been juiced up to a plus 205. Um, and I just I, there's something about these two teams, Sean, I'm with you, that I think the Islanders match up really well with the Lightning. I think, um, you know, Semyon Varlamov, despite giving up the two goals uh, in game three has played very well in this postseason for the Isles uh, and they've obviously got that raucous crowd at Nassau Coliseum that they can play off of but at this point I still believe that this can go seven so I will tell folks I think if you want to look ahead um, you know if you're in a jurisdiction where you can bet um, I, I still think that is something that is worth betting on especially now that you can get it at plus 215 odds I may even go in and double up um, on that one but I think the Islanders do match up well with them Sean and I think that when you look at Saturday's game um, I I believe this is going to be 2-2. So, you know, I, I believe this is an Islanders bet. Um, they are a plus 114 on the money line uh, for this one. The over-under for goals is at 5, which I think is very smart, definitely very low scoring expected uh, in this one, and they took away the hook on that one. But I, I just think this is this is two teams that really match up well, Sean. I agree with you. I think this is uh, a series that is, uh, that's going to wind up being 2-2 when they go back to Tampa. Yeah, I mean, Varlamov gives it the two goals, as you, you mentioned, giving – up two goals to the Tampa Bay Lightning a lot of the time will get you a Absolutely, win. So I yeah. even look at that five, and I think uh, I'm, I'm still going under on that. Two of these three games have been uh, under it and significantly under it. I mean, we're talking three, and only one of them went one over it. So I, 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 I'm not even afraid of that under at five. I, I think you have two very good goalies. I think you have two teams that, that can play solid defense. New York does not take a lot of penalties so you don't put the lightning in those dangerous special team situations uh, and, and the idea if you're still new to hockey keep in mind this isn't really like basketball or a lot of the other sports uh, as Nate pointed out okay they dropped their first game at home if you're the Islanders well the lightning dropped game one at home in hockey the home ice advantage is really really minimal in fact the data shows that uh, the home team only wins about 51 percent of the time so it really is uh, a coin toss when you look at the home ice advantage and it's not something that generally nate i take into consideration yeah no you're exactly right sean it's it's been it's been shown it's very different um especially in the playoffs um for home ice because you know for example i mentioned the fact that going into that game three last night i i thought the islanders were um 
were going to take it. And part of the reason I thought that was because during the regular season, the Isles were 21-4-3 and at home, and they were 4-2 and at home so far in the playoffs, and that included two absolute beatdowns of Boston, if you remember, 4-1 to and 6-2. to So I definitely think they are uh, a team that can defend home ice, but Tampa is good, and you're right. The fact that they held Tampa to two goals in Game 3 should have been enough, but unfortunately they couldn't get their offense going. One of those goals was really a spectacular play uh, by Tampa. Uh, in fact, the first goal that was scored um, was really just a fantastic play. There wasn't a lot that Varlamov could do about that. So other than that, you're talking about a very um, evenly matched uh, series between these two. You mentioned the idea of the under, by the way, on the total goals for uh, tomorrow night's game uh, for game four. Um, it's juiced uh, to the to the over, as a matter of fact. So if you like the under, which right now is at five, you can snag that at a plus 110 uh, with the way these two teams have tucked under. Obviously, you always run the risk of that empty netter at the end uh, right. if we're talking about a game that's very close. But how about this, Sean? Let me throw a curveball bet at you for game four between the Lightning and the Islanders, and that is... If you believe they will be tied at the end of regulation, which I could really see happening in this game four, um, that is a plus 305 for this game to go to overtime. Um, and, you know, I think these two teams are kind of due for one of those, you know, that that maybe they're sitting there at, at you know, tied 2-2, something like that, and they wind up going into overtime. Um, but for them to finish the 60 minutes tied, um, those are some pretty favorable odds in in your favor as a sports better. Especially since if you have one of these teams that you prefer, uh, it doesn't really impact it. If exactly. You, think you can still go with the team that you think is going to win. You just happen to think it's going to be in overtime, so you can hit them both. One isn't really having to contradict the other, and that always feels good too because, uh, well, if you're me, now if you're Nate, you can handle that. If you're me, <laughs> once it gets about two or three things, my brain uh, gets a little tangled up. I can't keep track of, of what I want to happen anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you can get too aggressive with the bets, and then you're like, wait a minute, what am I rooting for again? Yeah, or you're rooting for the thing that contradicts the other thing. That, yeah. That's uh, that's good. That's more of a my problem, not a you problem. And that's why we listen right here on Sticks and Stacks so we can learn from people like Nate. Nate, let's recap a little bit. Let's look at Friday's game again. The Knights and the Canadians back in the Bell Center, about 3,500 expected in the building. What's your feeling? Yeah, obviously not the same crowd that we've seen at the T-Mobile Arena in Sin City, so a very different feel as we go north of the border for Montreal without having all of the uh, various regulations lifted at this point in Canada, so not the same kind of crowd. So this is going to be all about Montreal playing with with house money. Uh, I'm going to take the under on 5.5 goals. As it sits right now at tape time, you can get that at a minus 141, so it's been juiced up, uh, but my recommendation is to jump on the under before um, it either gets juiced more or perhaps it even moves to five. Um, you could talk me a little bit into the idea of Montreal on the money line because, again, they're back home, they're playing with house money, and obviously they're coming off of a big game to win. Um, but I'm focused much more on the total in that one. And then, as uh, Sean was talking about, pay attention to what happens with Stevenson and his status for the game tonight because it may lead you both DFS and in player props looking at some other folks um, that could wind up filling your lineup or could be solid player props for you that you might be able to get at some good value, including a guy like Colasar. Um, and then for uh, Saturday's Game 4 between the Isles and Tampa, I still like the Islanders. I'm going to go back to that well. It'll be two games in a row that I've taken them on the money line, but I just believe this series is going to go 7, and to do that, I think the Isles need to be able to even it up uh, and send it back to Tampa uh, tied 2-2. Um, and then as Sean mentioned, you can get that under on five goals at plus odds right now. Um, so I think that's a, a solid play from a total standpoint. And then from a 
player standpoint, I mean, look, we know what Kucherov uh, and and Point and Palat are capable of doing for this team. Nikita Kucherov has 23 points so far in the postseason. It's absolutely insane. So that deadly line that they have is obviously going to cost you a lot from a DFS standpoint or is going to be juiced up from a player prop standpoint. So keep eyes on a guy like Alex Kalorn, on a guy like Anthony Sorelli as well, maybe even Blake Coleman in there from that center position. Over on the aisles side of things, um, again, they're very spread out and they're very balanced, uh, but I continue to keep an eye on guys like Jordan Eberle, uh, Anthony Bavoulier as well, and then kind of a sneaker one um, that, that I've been watching just because he's been scoring goals left and right is Kyle Palmieri. Many of us remember him with his time with the New Jersey Devils. Well, he's now a member of the Islanders, uh, and quietly, I, I say quietly, but in my opinion, kind of quietly, he is tied for the lead, Sean, in postseason goals on this team. He has seven goals in the postseason, which is tied with Brock Nelson for the highest goal total on this Islanders team. So don't sleep on uh, Paul Mary there as he uh, has uh, swapped the jerseys uh, as he's moved on in his career from the Devils to the Islanders. Yeah, Paul Mary, by the way, with those seven goals out of active players still in the playoffs, that is tied at number four, or pardon me, number three even, Braden Point with 11, Marshawn uh, and Pasternak, are, they're out, so it's really yep. uh, Nelson and Palmieri actually even ends up at two. So when you're talking about goal scorers still active in the, the postseason, yeah, you're thinking about Point. You're thinking about these big these big guys with the big assist numbers. Palmieri hasn't had the assists, seven goals to two assists, but seven goals? is seven goals yeah absolutely <laughs> and 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 efficient too because he's got those seven goals on only 31 shots over the course of the 15 games so he's only averaging about two shots a game but he's making them count well that's kind of what you're looking for so those are what we're looking at for the next couple of days in the nhl semifinals. make sure you follow nate on twitter at Nate Lundy, that's uh, L-U-N-D-Y. You can follow me if you'd like at S-Drotar, that's S-D-R-O-T-A-R. We're looking forward to getting back to you early next week. We'll check in with these two series, which we think are going to continue to go in a maybe an unexpected fashion for the Vegas one, and, and who knows? We could really change the narrative tonight, Nate, but uh, uh, the Saturday series, I'm with you. Uh, th that series just has seven games written all over it. Let's hope so, because it gives us Let's face it, a little more to play with. So, for Nate Lundy, I'm Sean Drotar. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next time on Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. <laughs>